Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Hello again, it is Crew Call, presented by Flow Racing, your digital home track, the home of NASCAR roots. You can find out more at www.flowracing.com. We are so glad that you joined us. Steve Post here, pit road reporter from Motor Racing Network, joined as I am each and every week by 25-time winning crew chief, championship winning crew chief, Todd Gordon. Hello, Todd. How are you? I'm doing great. Fantastic. We've got the gray shirt memo. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're matching, ahead. matching, matching gray shirts here. So, well, which, uh, you know, you're a Penske guy, so you know the the, the buttoned up, the the, the look. You, we got to yeah. have it here. Yeah, you got to have it. Well, gotta, this, this week I cooperated. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> exactly. What's your hot takes out of, uh, out of uh, Richmond and uh, uh, the Rodney and Kevin show that we're seeing here recently? But what's your hot takes out of Richmond? I, I think, uh, I think, you know, it was a pretty cool race. Saw some different strategy pieces play out here. Um, and, and we didn't see it come to fruition. I think that's one of the things that I, that I kind of lean back on, uh, had that early caution. There were two cautions yeah. early in the final stage, uh, at Richmond. Uh, the second one, I don't think the guys had, but probably five, six laps on their tires, but you saw, you saw about 10 guys come to pit road. Uh, Ryan Blaney was one of those. Um, you know, the 11 car was one, yeah. the 20 car was one. Uh, there was a Gibbs kind of push to doing that as well. I, I felt like uh, I felt like the 19 came. I think all the most of the Gibbs guys came, but um, and that set them up to be a little bit different on strategy. Right. It was it was interesting. We only saw we only saw Brian Patty try to play the uh, single stop in stage two, or I guess it was stage two, and and a pit road penalty didn't let that play out for him. So um, cool to see uh, the the 20 car was on a tear there at the end. Yeah, and uh, to run to run Kevin down from. Four seconds back in the last like twenty laps, I I, I didn't think he'd get there, and he and he did. Been interesting if uh, eleven car if Denny's pit crew had performed. You know they had a fourteen second pit stop on the last pit stop, didn't get the. It, it looked like the left left side didn't get high enough for the left front tire to get off. Um, he was ahead of Christopher Bell, right? It, before that cycle happened, and Christopher Bell got within a car length. Would have been a would have been an interesting race. I think uh, I think Rodney and uh, and Kevin have done a phenomenal job. Of of building momentum as we're coming into playoffs, and it's something that I, I think if you look back all the way back to Sonoma, yeah, that's and, and Rodney and Kevin talk about this transition happened at uh at Nashville just before the off weekend. Right. That they kind of stumbled on what they need to look for in the race cars, and um, I, I think you're seeing a lot of momentum. I I, I would be. I think they're dangerous come mm-hmm. playoff time. Yeah, I think you so know, too. It's, Last year they were, you know, everybody said it was an off year for them. We we all forget that they accumulated the most points of anybody outside of the top four because they ended up fifth in points, right? Of all the playoff cars, right? You're right. On an off year, on an off year. So with a little momentum going right now, I, 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 I keep my eye on that four car. We've watched this, and uh, we had a conference call yesterday previewing uh, previewing Watkins Glen, and you mentioned something about this team, and I, and I want to do a compare and contrast, and the, and the key word is execution. Yeah, you can have great race cars. You can have the best crew, best driver, everything else. Execution. Compare and contrast the four car. Yes. Versus the eleven car. Oh, I, it's 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 night and day. Yeah. I, I feel like in, in in several ways. I think uh, I think if you look at it, that the eleven cars actually got, I would say overall probably the best raw speed at this point in in the garage. There I feel are like times if you look at, the end at of these it, races <clears throat> after they recover, they re. They recovered from a pit road penalty at Michigan Michigan to finish, what, third or fourth? Yeah. Started 23rd on the last green flag run and yeah. drove his way through the field to yeah. third. I mean, it's speed is it, so good. If, if you look at it, I feel like the 11 car, if you ask me who's got the most just performance right now in the speed. last four or five races, speed, four or five races, the 11 car. Who's got the worst execution? <laughs> The eleven car, <laughs> yeah. I don't, and that's not a pick on. It's just no. they've had pit road issues, and and they've had issues, and that's that's what 
And that'll cost you come playoff time. That's something that, you know, the Chris right. Gapart's got to get on top of. And it's not Chris. Chris no. does a great job. We talked sure. to him. And, and he does a great job. But the, the mistakes, the, the you just can't have them. Uh, you know, Kevin Harvick blew up at Sonoma at his team because they didn't execute. Correct. And, and everybody came back and was like, oh, Kevin's being. But look how that team responds to that kind of. Because because the last two weeks has been all, I mean, a great race car, great driver, all of those things. But execution has put them in the spot where they control both races. Yes, they they have had competitive race cars. Right. They have executed at a level that others haven't, and put themselves. And they've had some luck. I mean, I don't I don't mean it wrong. I mean no, that's part well, of this. Part you've got to put the whole thing together. But the twenty and uh, the twenty and one car. You know, running into each other on the last run right. on the cycle when Kevin was coming to pit road. Right, exactly. I mean, that, that took two of, of the guys out that, right. that he was racing with. But um, I, I, for Kevin and Rodney to be finishing the season where they're at with this momentum coming into the playoffs when they know how to play the game of the playoffs, it's uh, it's going to be a fun ride to watch what happens. I think so too. I think they are dangerous in the playoffs, um, and I think you know even. Even when you look, uh, pr- probably the most similar track, we're, we're a long way out here to Phoenix, is a Richmond. And you just look at who had the speed, who won the races there. Um, who knows? We and their history there. And their history there, exactly. Yes. So stay tuned. Going to be fun, that is for sure. And speaking of fun, we've got a fun show tonight. We're going to talk to uh, two different crew chiefs. We're going to talk to Ryan Sparks. He's the crew chief over at Spire Motorsports for Corey LaJoy. Look forward to talking to Ryan. And we're going to talk to Chris Gale he is the crew chief on the Xfinity Series for Ty Gibbs. Headed up to Watkins Glen with a whole host of speed with that young race car driver. So a twin spin, if you will, for us here on the Crew Call. We're going to talk to Ryan Sparks and Chris Gale coming up. Before we do that, though, I encourage you to subscribe to Flow Racing, the home of NASCAR Roots. Catch weekly racing action, the Advanced Auto Parts NASCAR Weekly Series, plus Wheelin' Modifieds, Arca Menard Series, Pinty Series, and more. Over 1,300 live events are on flowracing.com. The headliners this week, and if you're watching this on Thursday or listening to us on Thursday, tonight, NASCAR Wheelin' Modifieds are at Thompson. Saturday, the Arca Menards West Series is at Evergreen Speedway out in Washington. And boy, one you're going to want to catch on Sunday, the Arca Menards Series on the mild dirt track in Springfield, the Illinois State Fairgrounds, one of their iconic races for the Arkham Menard Series. Weekly racing also, Riverhead, Berlin, Jennerstown, Langley, South Boston, Florence, Bowman Gray, and we wrap it all up late Saturday night into Sunday morning for you night owls racing from Alaska Raceway Park. So uh, I got back from a dirt track uh, about a month ago and just clicked on the flow racing, and sure enough, watched, uh, watched a little bit of the racing action at Alaska Raceway Park. Spectacular view. Spectacular views around that place. Awesome. It is cool. So you can find out more at www.flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. Stay with us. Ryan Sparks joins us next. This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers. The ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defying 31-degree banks like this one on turn four at Daytona, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Byte. 
Welcome back. It is Crew Call presented by Flow Racing, the home of NASCAR roots. Let's get right after it here. Let's go to Spire Motorsports. Joining us, crew chief for Corey LaJoy on that number seven car, Ryan Sparks, joins us on the Zoom. Uh, good morning, guys. Doing well. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. That is for sure. So glad you spent some time and taking some time out. Ryan, when you look at this thing, we're we're at the two-thirds mark of the season. Uh, you know, small team, you guys are scratching and clawing, stacking pennies is what your driver calls it. Um, kind of how would you assess where you guys are at and what's 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 happening now? You know, it's been a very up and down year uh, coming in into the season with the new car and all. There was a lot to learn, not only for a small team, but everybody as well. So it leveled the playing field a little bit in the beginning. Um, you know, it's hard to keep up the de- with the development of the bigger teams, but uh, the, the next-gen cars has definitely helped in that aspect. So overall, probably maybe like a B minus. You know, I feel like we've had a little more speed at some places than we probably should. But, um, you know, we've had some failures and, and made some mistakes along the way. So like I said, been up and down, but decent season so far. What have been some of the, some of the most unexpected challenges with this next-gen car? Well, in the beginning, just getting parts and pieces to, to bolt on your race car and making sure you're, you're taking the best piece to the racetrack. Probably the, the biggest challenge was the steering racks for us. Uh, being a smaller team, not having, you know, somebody in-house to take care of them, um, you know, that's not the way we operated or, or designed our, our company. So um, we've had to lean on uh, Chevrolet and some of our other partners just to kind of help us get through that. I think we're at a good spot now, but that, that was probably been one of the biggest ones for us. It's almost like what's... <sighs> That's almost like an impossible thing to fix. It's kind of like the weather, yeah. you know. It's, that's got to be a frustrating thing that it's that it's almost like okay, well, we have this problem and there's not a darn thing in the world we can do about it. That's got to be a frustrating spot, Ryan. Yeah, it took a while for NASCAR to kind of open up the rules on the on the racks, and it's actually cost us a couple races. Um, you know, it's you get a brand new piece that you're supposed to be able to bolt on, and it, it takes quite a quite a lot of work to make it. Uh, you know, I'd say um, ready to go on a Cup car, which you know these. Uh, these parts and pieces are, are uh, put through a lot of stress through these long races and these heavy race cars. So, um, you know, it's uh, it makes me a little worried with limited practice each and every week and just hoping we did everything right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely challenges for everybody in this uh, in this next gen car, uh, big team to small team. We've seen as you talk about the rack things, we've seen rack, rack failures on on Hendrick yep. cars on on I mean front running race cars. So. Uh, something that glad that everybody's kind of working their way through, you know, talking about you guys being a team that's kind of on the build. Uh, I, I think Steve mentioned about the laying bricks and, and pieces there headed to Watkins Glen this weekend. What, what do you expect out of it? You know, um, I've kind of been on Corey a little bit to bring the same intensity to start the weekend as he, he gets comfortable with about halfway through these races. Uh, you know, just not having sim time or a lot of road course experience, it makes it tough to come off the truck with all the speed you need. And he's just, you know, working up to where he's comfortable in the braking zones. Uh, that's obviously a lot of uh, where a lot of our speed is. And, you know, so we're just trying to get him more and more comfortable so uh, we can bring, you know, he ends the race well. But unfortunately, at that part, it's 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 too late. You know, you got to have it in the first 20 minutes of practice and be able to lay a lap down and qualify, which is asking a lot. So, um, you know, fortunately, we're able to get on the Chevrolet simulator this week, and hopefully that'll help us prepare for um, for the Glen. And, you know, the Glen is a little tougher, I tell a lot of people, just because all these drivers have so much experience there. Um, the guys have been in the Cup Series for years and years and years. So it makes it a little tougher even there, I believe. And but we'll see. Hopefully uh, this simulator will do as well. How often do you guys get the opportunity to have some simulator time? Is this, is this, is this rare for you guys? How does that work? Um, we're continuing to build not only our company, but our relationship with Chevrolet. Uh, this will be the first time uh, this year that we, we get this opportunity. So uh, we're hoping to make the most of it. Wow. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's, I, like, I would live there. I mean, with, with the limited practice, I think there's teams that live there weekly. So, what a, what a deficit to be in and, and uh, look forward to the opportunities to, that, that, that you've at least had that step to, to come into the weekend. As you look at the race, how do you see strategies playing out this weekend? Oh, there's there's opportunities for multiple strategies. You know, you got Blaney and Truex that are going to need stage points, right? They're going to have to basically do what each other do, I, I would think. Um, or you just throw the Hail Mary and try to go for the win, which – these restarts uh, late at a road course race is crazy. Um, so I would probably want to give stack as many points as I can if I was one of those guys. 
Uh, there's always a two-stop strategy, which I think makes the most sense with not as much tire fall off at the Glen. And, you know, your typical uh, shorten the stages and then just kind of split in the final stage. And we'll undecided what we're going to do yet. It kind of depends on our pace. And, and you know, you don't want to put a guy up front that, that's going to be in the way and take a chance of getting wrecked. So um, we'll kind of reevaluate after Saturday's practice and, and see what we got to do. But uh, hopefully we can uh, leave them out, get them out front, get some track position. No doubt. No doubt. It is a challenge. That's for sure. We roll through Watkins Glen and then we roll down to Daytona. And I know with your performance on super speedways, that's got to be one that you guys have circled on the calendar. Um, what has there been about you guys that the, the, the speedways have just served you so well? You know, uh, Atlanta in particularly, um, felt like we had a really good car there and, you know, we missed out on a good opportunity, but it, it's so hard when you don't, race up front consistently to go up there and beat these guys that do that. You know, I think Corey gained a lot of respect that weekend, uh, just showing his capability and, and what we can bring to the racetrack as a company. So, you know, hopefully we can build on that on Daytona and uh, more guys will be more comfortable around Corey and help him in the draft. And hopefully we can be there at the end and have a shot. Do you see it? I mean, I always talked about Daytona summertime handling. I would think Atlanta was handling as well. Uh, do you see correlations from Atlanta to Daytona that are different than what Daytona to Talladega was in the past? Uh, you know, um, being a night race, I, I don't feel like we have to focus as much on handling at Daytona, but Atlanta was, you, you know, pretty tight corner radius. So you had to get through there without, without lifting. And, and so that, that was a little bit of a challenge, but, uh, we just kind of, I don't know if it's dumb luck or what, but we kind of hit on the set there in the spring. We ran really well there. He got his first top five there. Um, so, you know, we've, we've saw some things that were different from Atlanta um, to Daytona and Talladega, the first race. So we're going to apply those things and hopefully bring a little more speed this time. And we just, we learn each and every week, you know, looking at pictures and see what other guys are doing, uh, you know, with limited, you know, no testing, no wind tunnel uh, information, stuff like that. So we kind of have to rely on kind of some old school racing tactics. Neat stuff, that's for sure. When you look at uh, Daytona, when you look at your program, Ryan, um, you've talked about it as building uh, bricks, brick by brick. And there's the various kind of racetracks. There's super speedways and short tracks and road courses and intermediates and smooth tracks and, and, and rough tracks. You guys, obviously, the, the foundation brick is the super speedway right now. What, how, how do you build around that? What other things do you work on to, to, to complement those, not, not giving up on those, knowing those are your best opportunities at this point, but how do you build around that? You know, I think... The biggest thing we need to focus on is qualifying. Mm. Uh, you know, track position is so important in these races. And, you know, in years past, short tracks have kind of been a little bit of an equalizer. And that hasn't really been the case this year. We've actually struggled pretty bad on short tracks. Um, felt like we made a pretty decent gain uh, this past weekend in Richmond, even though the results don't show it. We were kind of bit by the qualifying uh, uh, equation or, or whatever, where we went out early from the week before and, how they kind of split it up in two groups. It just, it didn't work out. And literally every car that went out after us was faster. So that was a bummer. I felt like, you know, we had about a 17th to 20th place car, which is kind of outputting our coverage a little bit, you know, and uh, we just weren't able to capitalize that and overcome the track position deal. But, you know, qualifying is our main focus. If we can do that a little better, I, I think we have enough speed to, to stay up and race, uh, race those guys inside the top 20. So as, as you look at eleven races left in the season, uh, I, I guess it's uh, I guess it's twelve this weekend, right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, as you look at twelve to go, what are your goals for the next twelve races? You know, just to just to gain confidence going into next year and, and just continue building our notebook and, and build our team stronger. Uh, we got to continue to learn. These seasons are so long, and people get burnt out. Uh, fortunately, we got a really good group here at Spire and. And, uh, you know, they kind of, they thrive on being the underdog and want to, want to keep pushing. So that's awesome. You know, we're always already putting plans in the off season, how we think we can make our, uh, our program better, but, you know, really just not giving up and keep digging the last 11 races. There's a few guys we can catch in points. We want to do that. Um, unfortunately we're a little further back, uh, than we'd like to be. And even if we won Daytona, I don't, I don't think we'll get to the top 20 and, and wouldn't make the playoffs anyways, unfortunately, but we're still going to lay it on the line and, uh, try to get a win. So you talked about the grind that you've been on. I mean, really, uh, all the, all everybody in cup has been on a, a nonstop grind since the, since the, 
the Olympic break last year. <laughs> I mean, you ended the season at Phoenix and turned right into getting this car to go and, and all the testing you did in the off season. How do you, how do you change? How do you look forward to what happens after Phoenix this year to rejuvenate the, the, the smaller team and the guys that you've got there in the off season? Do they get some time? Yeah, we'll get a little bit of time. Obviously, uh, you know, we got a ton of things we want to do with these cars that um, it's, it's kind of hard to do when you, we have, we rotate through three cars. So I'm looking forward to tearing them completely down and executing some ideas we have moving forward to put some more speed in these cars. So uh, that's exciting for me, but sure, hopefully we'll get a week or two to recharge the batteries. As you know, this season is uh, long and grueling, and uh, I feel like I get more and more gray hair every day uh, because of it. But uh, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. So, um, you know, uh, looking forward to next year's schedule. Hopefully we get a more than one off weekend. So. Well, it depends on who you listen to on that one. So I've heard rumors of I've heard rumors of a little bit more, and then I've heard rumors of just the one. So we'll stay with and see what happens with it. That's for yeah. sure. Um, this car, um, one of the things we talked about with this car is the equalizing the small teams versus the big teams. Um, has it? Is it still the same? Are you closer? Where is the equation falling small teams to big teams with this next gen car? You know, last year. Um our fast lap to fast lap from the leader to, to what we brought to the racetrack was about eight or nine tenths of a second. And I, you know, that has um, been cut in half or maybe a little more. So wow. the field is definitely closer. Um, you know, if we execute a good weekend, we can run top 15 at intermediate track, which was, you know, kind of non-existent before. And um, you know, so I, I think they've done a good job. Obviously it's, it's hard to keep up with, with the, the bigger teams on, on development. Um, it's just, you know, strengths and numbers, whether it's budget or people. So um, that's why we're continuing to build brick by brick, adding people when we can and uh, trying to increase our budget and just bring more and more speed to the racetrack. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about your, your path. What, what got you to where you are today? I, 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 I you know, it's a small team and, yep. and getting to a crew chief. Uh, tell us, tell us what got you there. Well, Oh, well, my dad was a kart racer uh, way back in the day, and so I grew up at a racetrack and um, uh, was family friends with uh, Bobby Hutchins. Mm. Uh, and so I grew up around Bowman Gray Stadium with him, working on his modifieds, and him and his dad taught me a lot. You know, we built some chassis from the ground up, and uh, so he was kind of my inspiration to get in the sport. And, you know, he had a mechanical engineering degree, and, and I felt like that was the path I wanted to do. So I got an engineering degree at UNC Charlotte, and um, the week after I graduated, I started Richard Childress Racing, doing data acquisition um, for a couple of years. And then when Austin Dillon went um, truck racing, I was kind of the next in line in the company to get a race engineering position. So I got hooked up with him and stayed with him through uh, truck Xfinity and uh, I think five years together in cup. So I was fortunate enough to win some championships and a couple cup races. So it's been a long, uh, long road, but at the end of 19, we had a pretty terrible season, to be honest with you, and it was just time for a change and got an opportunity to go to Go Fast with Corey, and we kind of hit it off and even had some decent races in the 32 that year. And uh, we've this is our third year together, so here we are. Neat, neat stuff. How important is that to have continuity, a third year together with you and Corey? You're both – you're you're brick by brick. He's stacking pennies. You're both doing the same thing, different language on it. But how important is it to have that continuity now your third season with your same driver? Oh, it's good. You know, as we develop our relationship, I, I kind of know what he's going to say before he says it. You know, I, you know, understand what he needs or wants in a race car, which is nice. And uh, we – um you know, we work really well together. We, we both want to make a name for ourselves, right? We both want to win races and, and championships. So it's, it's fun to, you know, have the same goals and, and just trying to work our way up together. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Corey's a great guy and, and uh, he's a, uh, He's pretty entertaining as well. So, Brad, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I have a couple of off track, other off track questions. Your niece, Cassidy Keat, I've uh, been watching her at summer shootout. I've done that for years. And, and that, what what does it mean to you to be to 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 work with your niece on her racing program? I think she's fourteen years old. What's it What's it been like to be an uncle to a race car driver like uh, like her and watch her develop? Uh, it's been expensive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, 
I don't have a wife or kids. So, uh, that's what I spend my money on. That's, that's kind of my hobby outside of racing is, is, is her racing. We have a lot of fun together. Uh, raced a lot at Millbridge Speedway, wanted to do uh, some asphalt stuff. So we moved over to the legend car and it's been a pretty big learning curve for her, but she's, she's just now kind of starting to get it and we're having a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, she'll have 20 or 30 people show up to watch her and we kind of do it as a family. So it's a lot of fun to, to watch her and, and her talents and, you know, I, I didn't push for this just cause I knew what I was getting myself into, but you know, she wanted to do it. So I, of course she can't say no. And it, like I said, it, it, it's a lot of fun just kind of watching her develop and it's amazing. These, the things these kids do in race cars, really. Yeah. Really, truly is final question for you. You talked about Bobby Hutchins. You talked about Bowman gray stadium. Have you ever made the highlight films at Bowman gray stadium? Have you ever, have you ever been part of uh, part of some of the, uh, some of the highlights that we see occasionally on YouTube from Bowman gray? I feel like this might be a trick question. Uh, I try to be pretty low key and uh, stay out of those. Um, I tell everybody I was a redneck mechanic long before engineer. So I have, I have a little bit of common sense how to work on these things, but, um, Ah, you know, Bobby, he kept his nose clean. So we, we didn't have to fight our way out of there too many times. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of stories and I've seen a lot of crazy things at Bowman Gray Stadium for sure. You're right. And it was kind of a little bit of a trick question. I love the stadium. I really do. I'm not sure that I'd want to participate in it, but sitting there as a fan, great show. I love going up there and watching it and uh, watching the uh, – Watching, watching all the chaos up there at times. It is good. Ryan, speaking of good, it has been good hanging out and catching up with you, getting acquainted with you a little bit more here, getting to getting to chat with you, share a little bit of your story. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us here on Crew Call. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you guys, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, boy. There we go. Ryan Sparks, Crew Chief for Spire Motorsports and Corey LaJoy. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going Xfinity Series Racing. Chris Gale from over at Joe Gibbs Racing. He joins us next. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Uh-huh. Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Uh-huh. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's holdings, LLC. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back. It is Crew Call presented by Flow Racing. We're going to continue with the hits here. Joining us from over at Joe Gibbs Racing, crew chief for Ty Gibbs on the Xfinity Series, Chris Gale joins us. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great this morning. You guys doing good? We are doing well, that is for sure. I would dare say it's got to be fun this year. I mean, and you had a fun year last year. Uh, Xfinity Series winning lots of races with a variety of drivers. This year, Ty Gibbs winning a lot of races, five wins. Um, Kind of assess how it's been and, 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 and how much fun you're having over there. Yeah, it has been good, right? Like, so last year, going with all these different drivers was a whole different feel, right? You could you got a mix of someone different all the time, but probably the most consistent was Ty, right? I think he ran 18 races for us. So we did get a, a good feel of what he was bringing to the table and kind of dealing with him. So you go into this year and expectations are high, right? And you, you say it's going to be fun, but you got lots of pressure, right? This is yeah. This is Coach's grandson. He won four races of the 18 last year. Like, how are you going to keep that winning percentage going very long, right? That's a tough one to keep on the mark. So, thankfully, I think we're we're pretty close to that again this year. So, at least expectations. We're hitting the status quo, what was expected at least for this year. But it is fun, you know. And then coming off last week at Michigan where we didn't think we had the strongest car, but we could gain some track position and hold guys off and then get to enjoy that that win for two weeks with, a, with an off weekend for us last weekend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely was a well-executed race. I thought. Uh, I thought everybody, Ty, yourself, pit crew, everybody executed that one to a to a win there at Michigan. Um, yeah. You know, you, you guys have been good at a lot of different places this week, this year, and and you've had speed most every place. I definitely look for you to be in the hunt this weekend at at, at Watkins Glen. 
How do you see this race playing out? It's a little bit shorter than the cup races and, and 82 yeah. laps. How, how does it play out for you? Yeah, you know, I think that this was a surprise for us last year that he was so strong at this race. And we felt like um, last year this might be a race we could take advantage of. Ty obviously is very strong at road courses. But this is more of a we, we treat it more like a right hand turn oval, right? It's a faster road course. We can do some things that we thought with the car that others might not be willing. And especially last year where we had nothing to lose. We were just going in to try to win races, weren't really going for points. We could kind of do something out of the box. And I think we hit on something that's good. So hopefully we can bring that this year with a few tweaks and a few things that we got to learn from racing last year and make it even better. Um, I think the caveat is we're bringing a new tire. Normally Watkins Glen, we always ran a harder tire than we did at most other road courses. So now this year it's the same tire that we run at all the other road courses. So it's probably a step or two softer than we've normally had. So I guess the biggest question in our mind is, does that, do we have some fall off now that we didn't have before just because the thing's softer? I don't think we know. I think otherwise the race is going to play out pretty standard. You know, you, I don't think tires in the past have meant a lot at Watkins Glen. It's all been about getting to that right fuel window at the end and having track position at the end. And you've been able to hold off guys with a good car, even if they were on new tires, you know, and they started five spots back, you gapped them enough to where you were good for five or 10 laps at the end of the race. So will that change this, this week with the, with the softer tire? I don't know. I guess we'll all learn together, right? That's why you kind of have to be a little, uh, you come in with your best plan and you have a, a B and a C plan kind of laid out if things change the way you think they might. Pretty cool. You talked uh, You talked in your piece just before that about, uh, you know, the win at Michigan and get to carry it an off weekend. Um, this is the last off weekend of the season for you guys. How, how did your team use that weekend to prepare for, for the run we've got coming up? Yeah, um, we all took some time off. You know, pretty much all the off weekends, I try to give everybody Thursday, Friday off so they get out of here and kind of get reset. Um, I did the same thing myself and took four straight days off, and that was kind of nice. Um, but you know, right, it is the last off weekend. Um, so it's kind of nice to have that one chance to kind of like, okay, get all your family stuff done, get all that out of the way so that that's not in the way for the next, you know, 11 or 12 weeks and we can make a run to the end. And so that that was my big message to all of them was go have fun, enjoy it, enjoy the win, but know that work's coming ahead. So like we got to kind of got to get get that taken care of. And now it's time to go to work. Time to go to work, that's for sure. We've got a few races before the playoff starts. What do you need to accomplish between now and the playoffs beginning? What 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 are your, uh, your points, stage points, wins, momentum? What all are you working on as we get closer and closer and get yourself set up for the playoffs? Yeah, I think it goes without said, you know, playoff points, stage wins, wins. That's, got, that's great, right? But I think that there's a pretty tight three-way battle for the regular season championship. Um, so we're keeping that in mind, right? Us, the 16, the 7, are tight enough where if we could avoid some problems, you know, you got Daytona coming up, which could be a wild card for any of those three cars. Um, we would like to get those extra five points for winning that regular season championship. You know, um, we'll see how it goes. But right now, that is still still one goal that we need to get accomplished before the end, you know. You, you, you talked about it, mm. and, I, and I looked at it. I think it's less than, what is it, 28 points from you to first yeah. right now, and you've still got five events to go. That's very accomplishable and, and, and a couple of wild cards in it with Watkins Glen yeah. this weekend and then Daytona. You never know where things finish up. Uh, talk a little bit, you know, you and Ty, what a great run you've had, you know, last year, this year. Ty's run the 45 car, uh, you know, yeah. and, and honestly, from the outside looking in, I think he's done a, a tremendous job in that, in that role and, and rolling into that. What has that done to your program, positives or minuses from him running that car? You know, a little both, to be honest with you. Um, positive, probably from a confidence standpoint on his side. Like, you don't know going in, right? Like, if he's really successful on the cup side right away, then confidence builds, right? And I think he's done a good job, but it's been a tough situation, right? When he got in the car at Pocono, he had no laps. He didn't know how to shift the thing. He hadn't done anything except for a little bit of simulator running of his own, you know? Um, but I think he's run well enough being a rookie and being in the situation he's in that it's added to his confidence a little bit. Um, so I think those are the only positives. I think the negatives are trying to schedule everything, right? He's a, he's a young guy who hasn't had all this on his plate, meaning he's having to go to cup meetings. He's having to go to Xfinity meetings. He's having to manage, um, you know, the media side of it, double simulator time. And we're having to share that and loading him up on some days when it's like, man, can you really spend six hours in the simulator and not be completely flustered and worn out by the end of this? Um, so those are kind of the compromises that we're having to 
you know, having to make between both teams and realize, okay, well, this is the priority, but we need you to give 100% effort over here too. So just kind of those balances of things. So, so do you work orchestrated so that you get the first three hours of that six hour shift? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes not, but I'm trying to do that. I'm, I'm trying to go in and push where I can. This is still the priority, right? Especially we haven't forgot about this, right? This, we're still running for a championship. We're not over there just yet. I love the way you said it. This is the priority, but you've got to give hundred percent attention to that. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, There's no giving up on anything. So how do you do everything? Right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, how, how good, you know, obviously there's all the talk out here, wherever, Ty is going, whatever's going on. We don't know what's going on with Kyle. And obviously that's a different pay grade than you're at. We understand that. But how good right now is Ty Gibbs? Is it is it something where we're where possibly he's he's talented enough? I know he's driven enough. I know he's dedicated enough. Is it possible that that he could he could maybe make that move if the opportunity were to open? Yeah, I think so. I, I think he can. I think it's, you know, just because of the situation like you talked about, I think that it's obviously being discussed in certain capacities. I don't know how it's going to all shake out, but I think that, you know, nobody understands how tough of a transition it is going from Xfinity to Cup until they actually get into it, right? Everybody thinks it's going to be easier, but, you know, it doesn't matter how many pick the driver and look in the past at the number of wins they've had on the Xfinity side. No, very few go right into the Cup side and have immediate success. So there's going to be a transition from winning six, seven races a year to only re- competing for one or two or whatever the case may be early on, um, the guys just have to get adjusted to. And I think that just, no matter who it is, Ty Gibbs, whoever, just has to go through that, right? And you're never 100% ready for it. So you just, you need to be mentally ready to deal with it. And that's probably the biggest challenge, you know? So so you actually went through this with Eric Jones. Uh, right. The, the, the two of you kind of came together as, as rookies to the Cup Series, I, I believe. Uh, correct yep. me if I'm wrong there, but... Um, is is Ty ready for that in your opinion, or or do you think another year of Xfinity, as as Joe's talked about, is 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 good for him at this point? You know that's that's tough. Um, I think another in an ideal case, another year of Xfinity would be great. Sometimes the ideal case doesn't work out though, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you're you're forced because of other reasons to have to do something different. Um, so then you weigh out, well, are we really doing him any detriment? by moving him up soon or not, you know, and then I think it just depends on the runway that he has on the cup side. You know, if you're going to move a guy maybe sooner than you want to in an ideal scenario, then you need to give that guy enough of a runway so that he knows he's got a few years to grow into that and and limit your expectations because you've thrown him in early to be able to kind of get up to speed on that fully. You know, I I appreciate when the runway runs out on those guys. It worked out pretty well for me. (laughs) Well, Joey, there you go. Joey you Legato. got you got this Logano kid to turn, seem to work yeah. out. Yeah, that worked out pretty good. Yeah, yeah good point. Yes, good point. You've experienced that firsthand. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's funny. Here we go. How about that? That's good stuff. That's for sure. Chris, I, I'm fascinated by your background. Okay, oh, you're from yeah. the racing heavy state of Arkansas. <laughs> well, okay, you had Mark Martin over there. Your family has no background in racing. What was the story? I heard some neighbor had a dirt car and you fell in love with racing through that. Is that accurate? Yeah, I was in like junior high school, high school, ninth grade, eighth, ninth grade. And I just basically, the shop doors were always up and I walked by and noise is always happening. You get intrigued by it and you just start stopping by more and off, you know, more and more often helping. And then pretty soon I'm helping build chassis, doing everything I possibly can, spending maybe leaving school early, you know, skipping it, doing things to try to help, you know, do all I can. And that's really it. So it just became a passion. Right. And then you just, you get more and more involved and you realize I'm, I'm addicted to this. I've, I've got the, I've got racing in me at this point and I've got to go do something to kind of fill that need. I, I love it. Cause I, I read a little bit about it. I think you were at Arkansas going to college there and you decided that uh, you need to get to Needed to get to North Carolina, be in, in, in the Charlotte area, and, and made that transition to the, the motorsports program down there. Um, a great move there. Back to the racing thing. Uh, I, I guess I, this is curiosity for me, but uh, pit crew-wise. Oh, yeah. How has a single nut cup stop affected the Xfinity side? I, I, I heard rumors being the year the, that you guys didn't, like in the past, you used to use the cup pit crews. Yep. Do you still use them? Did you have a, a liaison? How does that impact you guys? Yeah, we just knew this year, and it was basically a choice from our cup side, 
that we weren't going to get to use the same guys. They were going to train them totally different. And the single guys were going to be single lug guys. And they were going to train with their choreography and what they wanted to use. And knowing that in the off season, we put in a plan in place to get the best non-single lug guys that we possibly could and kind of lock those guys down for this season. Um, so it's been totally separate. And to be honest with you, it hasn't been without, you know, a few hiccups um, because I wouldn't tell you the majority of the Xfinity series is doing that. All of the other teams that we're racing junior motorsports are using HMS one lug guys. Um, you know, the colleague RCR guys are using RCR pit crews. Um, so we're one of the few that are doing that. And, and I would tell you the 19 car has probably been the best of our group. And we've struggled a little bit with the 18, the 54 has been in the middle somewhere hit or missing. And, and, it's really kind of odd because the seven has been the dominant pit crew on the Xfinity side, which I think is the five pit crew on mm -hmm. Sundays. But I think that they've changed that up a little bit here lately. Um, it's interesting. I keep hearing rumors that we may not be the only ones doing this next year, you know, as, as the other cup crews, as that pit stop evolves more and more, those cup teams may be doing the same thing that Joe Gibbs racing was doing where they force, you know, some of those cup crews to stay on cup only. So, what looked like a disadvantage to us this year, we may have taken our lumps early and may be in good shape for next year. And some of these other teams may be forced to do the same on the Xfinity side. Hmm, that is fascinating. That really yeah. truly is. That's got a, um, and so for those guys to be able to focus on the, on the five lug nuts, it's, it's, we, we talked about Ty being pulled in two different directions. That's almost got to be advantageous for you that these guys are just worried about this one kind of pit stop. Yeah, for sure. They, they practice only five lug stops all week long. We have a, separate pit stop practice form. So it's, I don't want to say it's become two organizations because it hasn't, it's still part of Joe Gibbs yeah. racing and they still handle that, but they treat it totally separate, you know, and, and completely separate group of guys, completely separate um, pit stop choreography practice group. So it's, it's kind of one off. We'll, we'll see. I don't know the NASCAR wants it necessarily that way because it is an additional cost, right. To the teams, um, but I don't know how you do it. You know, when, when, without mandating something, right. When it becomes specialized on one side, then the important side, kind of takes that and, and optimizes it even more. And we kind of get stuck having to re-optimize or continue down the old path for this side. And and just to clarify it, like it's not just the changers. It's all, it's all five guys, right? It is all five guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's some fuelers and stuff that might go back and forth, you know, a, a, between the two series a few times, not consistently, but, but they're able to switch those guys out a little more. Wow. Fascinating cool. stuff. Yeah, really cool. Good stuff. That is for sure. Love chatting around, talking Xfinity Series racing and uh, moving on. Before we cut you loose here, uh, you mentioned four days away. Uh, I know your wife, Brandy, your daughter, Cora. Was it um, yep. was, uh, a beach guy, mountain guy, home guy? What did you, what'd you guys do to get away from it all? Mountain guy. So mostly because my wife wants wants to be in the mountains, right? And I, I screwed up, right? When I went to Furniture Row in 2017, we got to live in Golden, Colorado oh. for a year. Oh, and that really, really, really <laughs> screwed my world up because it was a great place to live. And my wife got really used to that. And so now I probably have a 10-year window to get her to within five states around the Rocky Mountains to live permanently or she's going without me. She's been pretty clear that that's going to happen. So it's just a matter of me deciding when I'm willing to move with her and where we're going to go in those five states. So, yeah, that that definitely – Barney Visser – owes me big because I've got a major problem on my hands now related to his race team. <laughs> <laughs> was there any inkling of that before the move to, to golden or not, not really. There was a little bit like, but she was still always a mountains over, over the beach kind of person. Right. And she's a horse person. So she likes like the Western side of all that. And, uh, but that just basically entrenched it to where there's no way I'm getting out of it. I might've had a chance before to push it off later. Not now. <laughs> See if Cole Pern has another ski resort or something you can manage, maybe, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe I can move up there with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that is awesome. Really, really fun stuff, that is for sure. Final question for you. Your Twitter, hand, Twitter handle is Poindexter1414. Oh, yeah. Why? What's the story there? Okay, so long story. When I first moved here to North Carolina, I was working for the Craigs, which is the CNC boiler. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, Rodney Childers drove for him, right? So after that, Jeff Fultz drove for them. And I used to ride around in their toter home. We would be riding to and from a race and I would have my computer on at the time I wore glasses and I'm typing away on the computer. And Jeff Fultz is like Poindexter, the, the cartoon character, right? The little nerdy yeah. cartoon character. He's like, Poindexter, what are you working on over there? And he would just always give me grief about working on something on the computer. And so then Poindexter just kind of stuck as a nickname. <laughs> um, and that's really where it started. And I just 
thankfully it hasn't followed me over here to <laughs> NASCAR racing. Like some people that know the story every once in a while will give me grief about it, but it just started. I created the, the Twitter handle really, before, you know, the beginning of Twitter when I didn't think I was going to use it very often. I still don't use it much. Um, it was more like initially to read what Kyle Busch or somebody really thought of the race weekend when they wouldn't tell you what they really thought they'd put it out there for everybody, you know? So that, that's kind of what it was, but that's where the nickname started. And it just, it's kind of been fun. We can laugh about it a little bit. Uh, the Craig school of motorsports. A lot of greats have come out of there too, man. John Craig, Matt Craig, they, they've, they've, they've put together some great racing programs here in the region. That's for sure. So that's yep. neat. I wasn't aware that you're up. Your path led through there like so many others as well. So fun. stuff. Oh, yeah. Man, it's really cool. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris, it's been great hanging out. We appreciate you taking some time. We'll see you up at Watkins Glen this weekend. And thanks for joining us here on Crew Call. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You guys have a good one. There we go. Chris Gale joining us here on Crew Call. Stay with us more in just a moment. Crew Call presented by Flow Racing, the home of NASCAR Roots, continues on. So glad you joined us as we uh, put a bow around this one. A couple of 49ers yeah. uh, with Ryan Sparks and Chris Gale. Uh, my daughter is a senior year at Charlotte, so I always get a kick and love that. Uh, and, and driving across campus, see the motorsports, motorsports school, the Alan Kowicki Library and everything there. So UNC Charlotte, a great, great program, and uh, good to have a couple 49ers. And um, a lot going on with the uh, Cup Series with Ryan Sparks and uh, with the Xfinity Series uh, with Chris Gale. Uh, fun stuff, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. In a, in a glimpse into more of what it takes on different avenues, yeah. right? Ryan being at a kind of a small team that's that's trying to put you know build things forward. He's, you talked about uh, brick by brick, and um, you're just seeing a little bit of what their path is and what they're focused on. And Chris Gale, Bend a Cup, back to Xfinity. Uh, you know he he made no bones about it. He's tied up with with the grandson. You know yeah. you know there's pressure there when. <laughs> When, yeah. when when grandpa's grandpa signed your paycheck, but uh, um, what a great job he's done with that program. I mean, you know, as they've taken the taken the lump going back and doing the all star piece where they had what seven car, seven different drivers right. and, and one with several of them. Um, now a contender every mm-hmm. week, uh, third in points. I think twenty eight to go. He, a good focus going forward. What a great insight to to what's going yeah. on on that side. It's a fascinating journey. Crew chief journeys are fascinating. I always I always find it interesting. And and you're right. He he had this step. He had this step years ago, a couple of years ago, with Eric Jones mm-hmm. uh, to 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 Denver with Furniture Row, and then over to Joe Gibbs Racing. They won twice. Won a Southern Five Hundred. Won yep. a July race down at Daytona. And then you find yourself in the Xfinity Series. And I, and I think, in complete honesty, I don't think Chris was all that happy about that. But he took the opportunity. He wrapped his arms around it. And by God, I mean, if he's not in line for some kind of a cup job with what he's done with a bevy of drivers and with one driver, uh, I think he's just put himself in a spot where maybe something else will open up for him to get back uh, back on Sunday afternoon work. Yeah, and and it, it, he's got like a five to ten year window to That's, make that happen. He's got to right? get that done because <laughs> mom is moving to the, the real boss is going to move to the mountains is, is what he said. But uh, um, it, yeah, it's a, uh, he's done a great job. Yeah. I, and I think that's, that's one of those lessons that I think, you know, for the listeners out there is, you know, life's not always happy, but no. you got to take the opportunities in front of you and make the best of them. And you see where they take you. And, and, and you never know that, 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 that path may not yeah. make sense to you till later. So well, uh, really cool to see the, the, the success that he's had after the bumps that he's had in the road. Yeah, I think one of the other lessons are there are three, four, five really good organizations that when you get with them, you want to stay put. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you were with one of them, with Team Penske. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think he is with another one that, eh, this might not be the decision, and, and you might want to fly off and pop off and say, hey, I can go find a crew chief job somewhere else. And, and Chris Gale probably could have found a crew chief job yes. somewhere else. Yep. But here he is, and, and, and rebuilding, and... Uh, uh, he's, I'm telling you what, if I, I don't know what the plans are for the future, nobody knows exactly what the plans are for the future, but if he's not setting himself up for another crack at Sunday afternoon, then, and then nobody is because he is, he is at the top of the game on Saturdays. Yeah. Doing sure. a great job. And what a great interview. He's yeah, uh, great he, he's just a ton of wealth and knowledge and, yeah. and willing to share some great stuff. That is for sure. And we are going to have great stuff this weekend from Watkins Glen. Love our trips to the Finger Lakes. We start on Friday afternoon Friday evening, actually, 6 o'clock Eastern time. The General Tire delivers 100 for the Arkham Menard Series. Saturday, noon, Cup Series practice and qualifying at the road course. 
2.30, the Sunoco Go Rewards 200 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And Todd, look forward to you joining us on Sunday, the Go Bowling at the Glen for the NASCAR Cup Series. 2 o'clock, we're going to have a good time up at Watkins Glen watching watching the cars go around, watching the strategy, see when they pit, when they don't pit. Always yes. fun when you join us on the Motor Racing Network. Looking this, forward to it. This will be a challenge for me. It's the first time I've done a road course event. That's Usually right. you sit up at the booth and you can see everything. Yeah. Now you only get to see part of it. Now you got to rely on uh, Moody and guys like that, to, Moody and guys like that to tell you what's going on. Yeah, so, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think a lot of opportunities this weekend for uh, different strategies to play out. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how it, how it plays out with the window, with the, with the race we've got yeah. going on with Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. What if somebody else wins? See, there's, there's just so many moving pieces right now that, and those two, how they race, you know, um, Ryan brought it up. Those two will race each other. They're, they've almost got their own race going with points, but that can all be for naught if we end up with a with a with a winner that comes from you know Bubba goes and pulls out a win here. I really, I I I, I would never tell crew chiefs or drivers how to do their job. I'm Blaney and Truex in those teams. I think goal number one's got to be to win the race because I think with Watkins Glen with a couple of drivers that you can make a case could win, and with Daytona, with five or six drivers that could win and knock you both out, I don't know. I just think you could point your way. You could you could stage point and point your way right out of the playoffs if the wrong guy wins the race. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, and I, I'll i be the guy to say it, in my opinion. Um, if, I'm, if I'm Martin yeah. Truex, I've got to win this weekend. I agree with that totally. That, I, I, I think, agree 100% I think, with that. I think he has to win this weekend. I do too. I agree I, with that. I, I think that's that's where he's got to be. Or or Ryan's got to have a terrible day. But but just, I don't look. Ryan, Ryan won Daytona at, last yeah, Ryan's year. Ryan's great at Daytona. I, I think Ryan's a really good speedway racer in closing in him up. He, he, he gets he, in position and closes. Right. Martin's been in position, but. Yep. I agree with you totally. I, I just. The history I, I hasn't just, been there. I think he's got to look at this weekend. Is I think there's more I, urgency for the 19 team this weekend I, yeah. than there is for I, the 12. I agree with you on that. But I, I, to me, it's like to me, it's like this thing gets really simple if you win the race. Yeah, oh, it either does. one of those cars, wins either the race. one of them, either one of them, <clears throat> and uh, you can get wrapped up in points and everything like that. And uh, McDowell goes and wins this week, or Bubba goes and wins next week, or Chris Busher, who's capable of winning both of them. Yes, uh, Austin Dillon next week. Yes. I mean, you would get on the list. Yeah. Um, Eric Jones. You just, I mean, there's I don't know. So many storylines right. Now. Man, it's so awesome stuff. Lines. Motor Racing Network will be there all weekend long at Watkins Glen. Great hanging out. Great chatting here, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Great, great show. Yeah. Two great that? interviews. Uh, yep. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Ryan Sparks and Chris Gale joining us. Remember, this is Crew Call, and remember, we are presented by Flow Racing, the ultimate digital home track for race fans everywhere, whether it's dirt, asphalt, drag racing, or off road. You can find it and find out more at www.flowracing.com slash go MRN. Thanks for joining us, everyone.